We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. Your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live podcast. We've got a lot to discuss tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the Lakers schedule, what that's going to look like coming up. Already getting some things leaking out about what things are going to look like when we do get the full schedule release, which we're hearing is probably going to be Wednesday. But wouldn't shock me if we hear about a few more marquee games coming out on Tuesday, which is tomorrow as we're recording this, of course, Monday night. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure that you do subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget, give us that five-star rating and review over or over on Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And of course, if you're on the YouTube channel, make sure you do subscribe there and turn on notifications. All right, a lot to get into this evening. We're going to start things off with the schedule. So what things are looking like there. We also need to talk about certain tweet that Russell Westbrook may have liked once again, getting himself into a little bit of trouble and then unliked. We'll talk about what that actually looked like. What happened there? We'll talk a bit about, uh, Oh, Patrick Beverly, maybe wanting to get involved with the Lakers trying to push for that. We'll see there, but to start things off the schedule, the Lakers for now, we know the first two games of the season, they're going to kick off the season against the golden state warriors. That's going to be coming up on the 18th of October. And then on the 20th, they're going to take on the L.A. Clippers. So two tough matchups for the Lakers. And here's the thing. I had what I, I mentioned on Twitter. I said, you know what? This is a tough start to the season. I had a lot of people say, what do you mean? Does that mean we're going to lose the game? And, you know, you can't. It's not a tough matchup. No, the Lakers are going to win no matter what. No, I think it's totally OK to recognize that those are two uh, tough teams. They're not going to be easy games. It's not like you're opening up the season against the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Orlando Magic. Now, those would be exciting because you've got some high draft picks there, but the quality of team that you're playing is very high. I think the Clippers could, I hate to say it, but they might have the most talented roster in the Western Conference when they've got everybody healthy. They've got an incredible amount of depth on that team, and they have all the wings we've been talking about for a while. Can the Lakers get wings? Can they get those 3 and D-style wings? They don't have them because the Clippers are hoarding them. They've got so many wings on that team. That's going to be a tough game. Then you've got, of course, the Golden State Warriors, the defending champs on ring night. That's how you're starting the season off. And that doesn't mean the Lakers are starting out winless. It just means that you've got to come out with your A game. You've got to come out fired up. You've got to come out sharp. 
And that's not necessarily going to be an easy thing with so many new faces. You've got a new head coach, but it's going to be exciting nonetheless. LeBron versus Steph in the first matchup. And then Anthony Davis and LeBron against Kawhi and Paul George. That could be a lot of fun as well. By the way, the 20th will be a home game for the Lakers for what we've heard, not for the Clippers. So it'll be the Lakers home opener. It'll be the Clippers season opener. So the Lakers play on the 18th. The Clippers don't play their first game of the season until two days earlier. We had kind of been hoping that maybe the Clippers would be on the second night of a back-to-back there, but not that that matters that much that early in the season. And then Christmas Day, we get uh, the Lakers taking on the Mavs, which is going to be Luka against LeBron James, which I think is uh, always a fun matchup, always a blast to see Luka and LeBron James go toe-to-toe. And I've seen a lot of fans around the NBA that are complaining, why are the Lakers playing on Christmas Day. This team didn't even make the playoffs last season. And they'll say the same thing about the New York Knicks, who are also playing on Christmas Day. Christmas Day games, it's not based on merit. This is about ratings. And if you didn't know, this year, the NBA is going toe-to-toe with the NFL on Christmas Day because it falls on a Sunday. So the NFL is going to be playing games on Christmas too. If you're the NBA, you can't get cute with it. You've got to play your big markets. You've got to do everything you can to draw numbers because let's face it, your numbers are going to take a hit. You're going toe-to-toe with the NFL. That's not a good thing. That's not something that you want to have happen, particularly on a day that the NBA historically dominates. So you can't mess around and put in the Atlanta Hawks and say, well, Trey Young is on the rise. No, 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 no. You need LeBron James playing on Christmas Day, even if the Lakers weren't a playoff team last year. And you need that New York market. And let's face it, you can't put the Brooklyn Nets in there because who knows what the Nets are going to look like. So you've got to go with the Knicks. And let's let's face it, too, the Knicks have a few more fans than the Brooklyn Nets do. So I understand why the NBA put them in there. Lakers playing at Mavs on Christmas Day. Uh, Obviously, would like to see that be a home game for the Lakers, but it's not. They will be on the road. For Christmas, which, uh, you know, that's that was also the site of a rare moment of joy from last season when Austin Reeves hit a game-winning three at the buzzer in overtime. That took place in Dallas, again, one of the very few bright moments of last season. Joining me now, Sean Spaces Davis. John, how are you doing? And let me ask you this. I am particularly fired up for this show. I mean, just... I am ready to go, man. And it's not because of energy drinks. It's not because of caffeine or anything like that. No. Have you watched Legacy, the new series on on who Have you checked that out yet? You know what, man? I thought you were about to say I'm fired up, Trev, uh, Sean, because it's Monday and you're joining me. Let's go. But, you know, you let me down. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I have not watched that it. I, I put out the tweet last night, like, hey, any recommenda- recommendations? People we were like, hey, this drops tonight. I was like, yeah. oh, crap. Okay. I'm going to watch it tonight. As soon as we get off here, I'm going to go edit a breakdown and uh, cut that on while I'm editing. So I watched uh, – it literally finished about two minutes before I hit go live here on, on our show. <laughs> um, and so it ended with the Lakers beating the Celtics in 1985 in the, the, the second um, show. The, the second episode ended right there. And so I'm like, I, I, I feel like I just listened to Darvin Ham speak. I'm ready to go run through a brick wall. It makes sense. Let's go Lakers. They're going to they're gonna beat the Celtics. They're going to overcome all odds. It's going to be fantastic. Um, so that's, see, I'm so fired up that, that Sean even had to leave the, the room for a moment there. But, but so I'm, that's what I'm coming into tonight's show. Fresh in mind is the Lakers beating the Celtics in 1985. 
Buck Faustin and, and all of that. Gotta gotta love it. Um, so that's that's definitely a must watch, Sean. You have to check that out. How many episodes is there? Or is there like a whole yeah. There's two. There's two out so far. Oh, okay, okay. Two, two out so far. So you, I'll watch the first two, and then I'm assuming they'll be releasing more kind of as we go through. But oh. I was just talking a little bit about the schedule uh, before right. he came in here. What do you think about the Lakers, their schedule, starting off against the Warriors, then the Clippers, and then Christmas Day against the Mavs? Um, people have kind of been making uh, – trying to connect the dots a little bit about, oh, the Lakers' schedule. Does this mean this, this, this? Uh-huh. You can't really do that with the Lakers. I think there is at least, and I caught the tail end of what you're talking about, like, hey, it's money and revenue, like trying to drive up stuff for these games because the Christmas Day game, especially you compete against the NFL this year. Um, like the Nets not being on Christmas Day, stuff like that, you could kind of find something there. But with the Lakers, sure. I think there's something genuine with all three of these games. Uh, Warriors opening night, you're facing a state rival, I guess. You know, technically, we've never really been good at the same time. Steph LeBron, that's always fun. They get their rings opening night. Um, the Clippers, Shams, the how Shams broke the news, I think, was the first time we're seeing LeBron and AD versus Kawhi and Paul George healthy since opening night after the bubble season. Yeah. yeah. So two years now. And then Christmas Day, the NBA loves to milk LeBron and Luka. So no brainer. Only difference is it's in Dallas, unfortunately, which I highly doubt LeBron's happy about. But um, yeah, man. So in terms of, hey, take my money. Yeah, these are three, should be three really, really fun games. And uh, I'm excited, man. That just makes me want to watch Lakers basketball a lot more. And uh, Darvin Ham's going to have his work cut out for him, especially those two first opening games against Golden State and the Clippers. You know, we're only like, it's like six weeks away. Right? we're not we're not we're not that far which is crazy like it feels it feels like it's still a long way and and it, and it like six weeks it's like man it's six but that's a long six weeks right but at the same time not that far we're almost there by by like what the the middle of september we're going to be getting ready for training camp we're going to be talking about media day coming up and all that it's not that far it's right around the corner and that's and that's perhaps why it's even more concerning that we've got all these major trades in the nba i mean just even just from the Lakers' perspective, what's going on with Kyrie, what's going on with the Indiana deal, what's going on with all this other stuff, that's all still floating around out there. But then look what's happening with Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, what's happening there. All of this, there's. Uh, it feels like there's so much unresolved in the league right now. I do wonder if training camp is going to wind up serving as kind of a soft deadline to get some of that stuff done. Uh, speaking of which, Jared Chalker of the Super Chat said, man, it's been hard for me to get excited for next season so far. Juan Toscano Anderson is the only signing I really like. Uh, Thomas Bryant is good. I don't think that we will make big changes. Do you think in the next six weeks, the Lakers are making a deal before they report to camp? Yes. Um, I'm not going to say if it's Kyrie or not, but I think you have to, man. I still think that sentiment of as much as they're trying to downplay it, that uh, you can't bring Russ into training camp. I think that still remains. Um, If, now, I'm not sure if it's been confirmed yet when LeBron's little mini camp in San Diego is, but I think that's actually might be the real soft deadline because if, you know, you're going into that and Russ is on the team, I think that'd be kind of awkward because I'm not sure if Russ would even really be interested in going to that. Um, so I think that, I think the soft deadline's a little bit sooner for us because of that mini camp that's happening before training camp. Um, but 
yeah, I do think something's going to happen. Whether it's a small move like Kendrick Nunn and Buddy and Kendrick Nunn and THT for Buddy Heald or Turner or a Russell Westbrook trade, I think something is going to happen though. Yeah, I, I think that I'm hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic that something will wind up happening um, with the Lakers. But I don't know. The, the farther we get from July, the closer we get to training camp, the more I think the more we're looking at a reality where the Lakers potentially bring this team into training camp. Now, it doesn't mean that they're not going to execute a trade. They, I think they ultimately will. I just don't know if it happens before training camp or not. Um, oh no, it's going to happen on your vacation, Trevor. Yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> what's going to happen. Is as soon as so I I go out of town Thursday, like first thing bright and early Thursday, I'm gone. So I'm fully expecting the Lakers. They are going to pull off a trade Thursday. That's that's when it's going to going to happen. That's just that's uh, it's going to happen. And you know what? If that's what it takes, if it takes me being disconnected from everything. For that to be the bad luck for myself that brings this upon us, I will take one for the team. I will take one for the team in order to get the trade wheels moving again and make it happen. Just remember that as you're thinking about me stressing out, stuck on a plane. Just remember that I'm taking one for the team for all of you to get that trade done. Uh, player Trevor Lane right here. That's right. That's right. Renee Vanderbilt and said, would you do the New York deal for Randall if the Knicks threw in RJ Barrett? Well, they won't do that, but, but uh, the Lakers would have to throw in both first, but this only happens if the Knicks get Mitchell. So the Randall deal, RJ Barrett goes in Lakers have to throw in both first. I think I would do it. I like RJ Barrett a lot, but I don't think the Knicks would ever do that. No, it's fine. It's fine. We'll, we'll throw in the two picks. If the picks is what's the problem, then yeah, we'll throw it in the deal. Go ahead. Come on, Leon Rose. Yeah, right. Let's let's just get this thing done. Right? Bring bring I would feel better about Randall coming back home if he brought RJ Barrett to keep him company company on the flight over. I bet I you would. About that. I'd feel better about that. I'd be pretty happy with that with that deal at that point. I can't see again, I can't see the Knicks actually doing that, but I'd feel happy about that one. Um all right, let's see. Mario Hernandez, the Hulu doc had me fascinated with how Dr. Bus ran the team and how much power Magic had. But I was upset when I saw Linda Rambis was an executive producer. It makes me think she's a shadow owner. So the Lakers had a say in this doc, right? Like this is an officially approved Lakers doc. Like the HBO series, that's a dramatization. And that was based on a book that was written by Jeff Perlman. That's not like Lakers official, right? This documentary is endorsed by the Lakers. And that's why you've got genie bus on there you've got kurt rambis you've got linda rambis you've got you've got all of these people that are that are appearing on this documentary um it's not a dramatization so you don't have actors in it they're not um, trying to create characters they're not trying to play up certain elements and, and downplay other ones they're trying to be more factually based but it is still something that's endorsed by the team itself so it's going to be from the Lakers perspective, which is fine for me. I look at everything through purple and gold lenses anyway, but it's just, it's just something you have to know. Just like when you're watching winning time, you have to look at it and say, this is a dramatization. There's certain things that are in here that are not factual that are in just to make a better TV show. You're watching a documentary here. It's factual based, but it's also created in part by the Lakers. And so obviously they're not going to put anything in that makes them particularly look terrible or anything and so you have to remember that as you're watching it that's uh, that's all 
It's like the last dance. Like, it's great, but you have to watch it through the lens of MJ had a significant hand and now that was produced. So uh, I'm sure it'll be fun. It'll be a fun watch. I'll make sure I check it out tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a good one. It's definitely worth the watch. Um, and I'm excited. I can't wait for the, the next episode. Um, Sam Aiken. Man, the big super chat. Thank you so much. Said you guys genuinely make me happy for uh, an hour, three times a week. Well, we, we certainly appreciate that when we get into the season. So once we get to like preseason and all that, this show will go back to being five days a week. It's just right now that we're three days a week. We'll go back to being five days a week minimum, particularly when we start having uh, when we start having the post game shows. So what's going to happen is. We're going to have Monday through Friday, you know, every day there's going to be out a new Lakers Nation podcast, right? That's going to be out. The video will be out on the YouTube channel as well. But then if there's, say, a Friday night game, that means that there'll be a new show out on Saturday, too, because that'll be the post-game show. will serve as a podcast as well. So minimum of five times a week here, sometimes more schedule depending. Uh, that's what we'll be doing during the regular season. But we at least we can be with you three times a week. We certainly appreciate that. And... I'll do it. Give a thank you in advance, Sean, Matthew Optimus, Peralta, Ron Gutterman, Mark Gunnels, all the guys. They're going to keep things rolling while I'm out of town for the next uh, week and a half or so, starting on Thursday. Great super chat, thanks, Sam. Yeah, I certainly appreciate it. Um, speaking of which, it's Matthew Optimus Peralta. How are you doing? I'm good. I figured I'd join. I'm out of legacy episodes to watch. Okay, so I was just talking about this. I finished it like minutes before I, we started the show here. Oh, nice. So I, I am like, I'm like Darvin Ham fueled right now. I am ready to run through a brick wall wearing purple and gold everything. Uh, I am so fired up for the Lakers, right? Because the last thing I saw was the Lakers beating the Celtics in 85. Oh, yeah. What a great episode. Uh, they had a show off the uh, the year right before, and I was a little upset. But then I'm glad they closed the episode with that. Uh, I actually stood up last night waiting for it to drop because I knew it was going to drop August 15. So I actually uh -huh. stood up to like 1 or 2 a.m. finishing the first two episodes. It was great. See, Sean, you got to get to it. Well, Sean doesn't need to watch the doc, Trevor. He's old enough to remember all of that. Uh, that's that's true. You were around I was at the game, actually. I was at the Which game. one? Which one? In 85. Come on, Matt. Can you tell me where game six was played, Sean? <laughs> Matt, I just, I just want to say thanks for joining. I'm glad I beat you here for once. So, Sean, I know. Wait, wait. Me. Sean, can you tell me where game six was in 1985? Matt, you're you're stalling. You're ignoring my question. I, I asked you first, and you are now stalling because you're trying to Google the answer. <laughs> I'm not Googling anything. Uh, two is more than one, so I mine is waited more. You guys are not making me feel any better about going on vacation when this is devolved into I asked you first arguments. Uh, you know how it is, Trevor. When, when, <laughs> when dad's out in the house, is a, when you leave the house with the kids. Oh, no. Uh, uh, the answer was Celtics home game, by the way, Sean. It was. It was in Boston, indeed. Uh, Jared Chalker, I'll, I'll disconnect you myself if it gets us Kyrie. Oh, I've been saying that it's going to happen. Like a trade's going to go down as soon as I go on vacation. Uh, love the show. Your optimism, optimism is the only thing keeping me sane. Keep it up, guys. Well, thank you very much, Jared. I certainly appreciate that. Uh, before we get into any of the other comments, did you guys see the tweet that Russell Westbrook liked? <laughs> and then and then disliked and, right and after. Then disliked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Caught slipping. My goodness. Just. All right. So let me just read what the what the tweet said. 
I'm not going to put it up on the screen. I'm just going to read it. Said uh, somebody, this comment here said, Lakers win a championship and what do they do? Blow up the entire team. The Lakers need LeBron to re-sign. And what does owner Jeannie Buss do? Comes out and says, Jordan is the GOAT. So clearly like taking a shot at the Lakers front office, right? Now it's not the worst thing in the world that you could say or anything, but basically saying the Lakers are dumb. They blew up a championship team. Jeannie Buss is is talking about Michael Jordan when they're trying to re-sign LeBron James. That's the tweet that Russell Westbrook likes. That's not a good look. And you you would think, okay, maybe you can you maybe it was an accident. He accidentally hit the like button while he was scrolling through. But that specific tweet just doesn't seem all that that likely. That's not a great look for a guy who's already kind of on thin ice among something, with Lakers fans. Something about Lakers personnel and liking tweets they shouldn't be liking, huh? If you get the I'm reference, a- plus one. Well, the, I don't know if you guys remember, it was the Portland game in February that we somehow managed to lose with both AD and LeBron. I tweeted out something about THT, and at halftime, he somehow managed to like it, and we go on and lose that game. I was so heated. Wait, Russ liked it, or? THT. It was about THT, though. Like, I was complimenting oh. him on the play he made. He likes it at halftime, and then we oh. go lose by, like, five or something. It Do was the think- game... Is THC at a point where he's got someone managing his social media? Uh, That's I, what I thought I, then. They have to, right? You think? You think? Maybe Russ's brother manages his social media. Probably. And, and that person went in and, and liked it. It would make sense, man. He ho- yeah. That's the same brother that hops into the spaces and, and defends True. him, right? So could be, could be. Still not. I mean, look, we want to try. If Russ is going to be on the roster when training camp opens, you want to distance yourself. From all the he, like, he was he was firing shots at everybody in that exit interview. You want to distance yourself from that, right? You you want you need to move past that if you're going to show up to training camp with all the people that you just criticized. You're going to have to try to move away from that. Liking a tweet that criticizes the front office doesn't help you do that. Agree. Sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Corey said, if I'm the GM, I'm forcing James to sign a two-year guarantee, which will allow us to have leverage to trade him to play with his son versus just walking after one year. I don't think you're forcing LeBron to do anything. Nope. Um, I mean, LeBron is a billionaire at this point. 
you're not forcing him to do anything to sign any kind of contract. I, I would think that if LeBron really wanted to be a free agent in 2024 and the Lakers said, no, 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 we're not giving you a player option. We need two year locked in deal. And if you want to go where Bronny goes, we're going to trade you. LeBron will just say, well, okay, well then I'm not signing an extension. I, I'll be a free agent in 2023. Then how does one force LeBron to do anything? You don't. I don't, I don't think Rob has that kind of power, unfortunately. <laughs> no. No, he doesn't. That's, that's not not an option. Uh, Chris said, Trev, I was on the uh, the Big Baby Sports Podcast. I love the collab. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I hopped on that show uh, earlier today. Uh, Brandon Robinson asking how old you are, Sean. 45. We've said it. 45. Mm-hmm. With three kids, and I already can't remember what game six of 95 was. 85. So, see, there we go. All yeah, right, Sean was born in 1977. I did the math for you, you old man. There you go. See, I didn't even know what year I was born in. Thanks, Matt. I needed that. You're welcome. Uh, Jay Henry says, trade Russ and THT and a first and two seconds for Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson. Man, no. Miami needs to be paying me some, some picks in yeah, that trade. Exactly. I I would not be willing to give up picks there. You'd, you'd have to be getting back a lot in terms of draft capital to take on those contracts. Like, basketball-wise, I would swap Russell Westbrook for Kyle Lowry right now. No question. Absolutely. No question. But adding in the contracts, would you swap those two? Uh, no. Is that worse than New York? This deal I, specifically? Well, it yeah. depends. What, what's what's the New York deal? Like, what's what's the you're, you're taking back Randall and Fournier? Yeah, but are they giving us picks? Or are we giving them picks? Both net neutral. I'd rather do the Knicks deal. Yeah. Okay, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree for sure. I, I definitely, I definitely would not be willing to throw in picks to get Kyle Lowry. Now, Kyle, if it's Kyle Lowry four years ago, yeah, you're probably considering that, but that's not what we saw with Miami this past season. So what about uh, Kyle Lowry at the 2021 trade deadline? What do you think? That Kyle Lowry? Yeah. Well, then, then you'd have him on this three-year deal. You, the Lakers would have him on this contract right now. I, I just, I feel really, uh, really gratified in knowing that I was in the minority on that side of the deal. So oh, wait, Matt, you, did, you didn't want it to happen? I you wanted, wanted it to happen. happen. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I was calling for it. People were like, you can't give up Shooter. You can't give up THT. You can't give up KCP. Two out of three of those guys are gone now for nothing. Well, I guess for us technically, but. Hey, speaking of of tweets, we were just talking about Russell Westbrook and him tweeting. I've got a comment here that reminded me. Um, do you guys see Patrick Beverly, him responding yes. to the Lakers and the Clippers playing? What do we take that to mean? Is that is that like Patrick Beverly? I'd have to imagine would relish the opportunity to play against the Clippers. Is Patrick Beverly pushing for a Lakers trade? I just think he's a troll. Honestly, I, th I think he. If you're Pat Bev, you gotta think, man. Like I'm 35. Th this team isn't doesn't feel like they have a real clear direction right now. I'm trying to still compete and win now. And I mean. Players hear their names in trade rumors. I think Pat Bev, being the troll he is, he hears his name in the trade rumors or random buyout talks, potentially, and he played into it by you know, doing the prayer hand emoji and with his favorite team, his former team in it and the team he's throwing around, like saying how he wants to play with LeBron James this summer. He, he's a troll. I took nothing away from that. 
Sorry, I'm just giggling because this reminds me of like all the uh, Kyrie Irving moon tweets. <laughs> <laughs> we this were trying peak to read too much, too much into that. Yes, it is, but this is peak off season. <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I had somebody ask me this earlier today on uh, on Instagram, and they asked if you were to do the Indiana trade, would you then be willing to turn around and flip THT for Patrick Beverly? No, you don't. You don't do it. If you trade Russ for, you're trading Russ, and you're getting back Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. So your starting lineup at that point is Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Flip THT for Patrick Beverly, and then he's your one, and you're starting him. My only answer for saying no is because now Russ is gone, so the awkward fit is no longer there mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about trying to fit in playing time for the both of them plus Lonnie Walker and we've talked in the past how that can be an awkward fit too and uh yeah he's still he's only 21 and you traded away the reason why it didn't work no just keep him honestly Not I, know, I'm, I might be in the minority I'm trying to remember off the top of my head Trevor is he unrestricted next year he is yeah he's on a I believe 13 million expiring contract Patrick Beverly. I, I think the Lakers are better, like very marginally with him. I don't know if it's worth trading THT for that. You lose the potential. You're trading a 21 year old for a 34 year old, which typically you don't want to do. Right. But you're also ridding yourself of THT's player option next summer. And mm. instead, you're getting an expiring contract for that. And you're getting a guy who fits better in Patrick Beverly and could step into a starting role and, and yeah. actually fit fairly well in that starting unit. Right. Yeah. I, I think I, I'm, I honestly lean no, but if, if that was, you know, on the table and the Lakers end up doing it, I, I don't think I'd be too upset. Right. It, it would make sense for this year. That's, that's probably where I'm at too, where I can understand the rationale either way. It's to the point where if you told me, well, you have to attach draft capital to THT to get it, then no. Oh, probably not. Yeah. Right. But I could see, I could see both sides of that argument for either doing it or not doing it and be okay with either course of action i think it's just because you know you're the lakers and you're making this deal you're presumably all in for this season um and i think you would probably trust patrick beverly more right now versus mm -hmm. tht sure. um I, I think that's just kind of where you have to uh to that, that has to be the line of thinking if you're robbing the lakers if you do do that yeah yeah i mean you'd have to be this would be a win now move for sure and you could argue that you're adding uh a starter right to your roster Right. Uh, in exchange for a guy who's getting, you know, some bench minutes or, or something like that. I don't think, you know, and again, the, you're also limiting your upside potential because THT is 21 years old. 21 right. year olds tend to get better, right? That's what young players tend to do is you know, they, they, they get better year in and year out. So you're taking that potential away from, from your roster. And that's, it's a tough call. It's a tough call I, for me. I'm curious to see what the chat says. Would you guys do that? Would you swap THT for Patrick Beverly if the Lakers have already done a, say, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald trade? Let me know. I uh, Really quick, though, I mean, the, the other you know thing to look at here is that um, it would clear up space for next season because THT does have that player option. I mean, that, that could be a, a consideration here if you're the Lakers if you really are set on 2023 max cap space. Good point. Yep. That's something that matters as well. Uh, Gotti boy said, Hey, Trev, I love the story of magic Johnson coming through the airport with his boom box, letting his team know, never fear magic is here. That was after Kareem 
sprained his ankle. Um, that was a, a en route to Philadelphia to yep. go uh, to go win the title. And that was magic as a rookie wound up playing center uh, in that game. And actually even from the legends that say that magic even sat in the seat that Kareem typically sits in. I don't recall them saying that in the, the doc, but, um, but sat in the seat that Kareem typically sits in on the flight to say like, Hey, I'm going to take, take over. And his stat line was ridiculous. It was, I think it was 45 points and like 15 rebounds and seven assists. Like uh, just an incredible performance for a rookie to go do that. Could you imagine like if Twitter was a thing back then? Oh my God. Like it would have, it would have broke Twitter. Oh yeah. It would have been nuts. Um, yeah, no great performance for magic, obviously. Uh, Frank Banks said, us truck drivers depend on LN content. Keep up the great work, fellas. Go Lakers. Well, I mean, hey, glad glad we can provide some content there for you. Hopefully you're not watching while you're driving. Just listen, just listening to the podcast version of the show. But let uh, me let me give Frank a shout out real quick because I, I work in logistics outside of uh, Lakers Nation. So I, I know how long the drives and hauls are, brother. So hope we're keeping you entertained. Not not an easy life. That's for sure. Out on out on the road. Yep. All right, let's see what else we've got. We've got going here. Uh, Vector Nova, I believe that Mark Stein reported the Lakers are not pursuing a potential swap between Pat Beverly and THT, and then he agrees with Sean's take on it. Yeah, that was a thing um, that that Mark Stein had weeks ago. Uh, I'm just curious to see, you know, if you already have the other trade done, does that then give you a little bit more incentive to make that kind of a swap? Uh, what do you think, Sean? Would you do it? Or like, do you, do you think they have a trade lined up and that's why we're hearing Pat Bev stuff? Uh, No. I mean, I just think Pat Bev in general, that's just a name that's being thrown around there because Utah might be just selling everything, especially if they trade Donovan Mitchell. So, um, no, I don't think it's because we have a deal done. I think it's just because Utah, they might be selling parts, selling everything. Buy or sell. Is is he is he one of the other options the Lakers insist they have outside of Kyrie? No, I don't think that's what they mean personally. I think it's something we haven't thought of, and I don't know what that is. Hmm. We'll we'll see what ultimately the Lakers do or don't do. I feel like that just the closer we get to training camp, the more likely it is that they wind up actually running this roster and trying it. Um I'm not optimistic for this particular iteration of the Lakers that they're going to find success with the roster as it sits. I think this roster is screaming for a trade, but if that trade simply isn't there, if Indiana is demanding two first round picks unprotected, if the Spurs are demanding the same, if the Jazz are demanding the same, you might have no choice but to go into the season and, and kind of see what's what and then go from there. That's fair. It's not, it's not what we want to hear, right? Not what we want no. to say. It's no. gross. Alex F said KD to the 76ers and Kyrie to LA. Which big three is better? So if KD went to the 76ers and you have, you have Harden, Embiid, and KD, Kyrie to LA would be Kyrie, LeBron, and uh, an AD. Kyrie, LeBron, and AD. Yeah. I, I think so. It's a better basketball fit. You have a combination of players that have won titles together. Not all three at the same time, obviously, but um, I'm more confident that fits and it works out than I am with KD, Harden, and Bede. Although you could maybe argue that that talent-wise is better, but 
look what talent got Brooklyn. So I'll say it's pretty close, though. Yeah, it's close. It would certainly be an interesting matchup. I I don't see the 76ers having enough to get Kevin Durant, but it's interesting to, to discuss anyway. Uh, Dario Valenzuela said, hey, guys, you're great. Well, thank you. Uh, what would it take to get Josh Richardson? THT, honestly. Does, does, does San Antonio do that straight up? It, no. uh, I think you'd probably have to add in some sort of draft capital. But but Josh Richardson would be a nice fit. Like THT in a second for Josh Richardson? Are you doing that? Yeah, you'd have to consider it. And again, you're you're passing on the upside that Taylor Horton Tucker has, but it's something that you have to look at, particularly when we talk about fit. And we talk about how this team needs three and D style wing defenders, and you need guys who can consistently knock in the three. I think that Josh Richardson can provide that to you, even if he isn't as dynamic as a guy like Taylor Horton Tucker is. I was gonna say, what's really the difference between that trade and Pat Bev for THT? But Josh Richardson's a ring, a yeah, wing, and he is twenty eight. So, yeah, could could be a fit there. Um, would that be in the case? And again, when we look at any kind of Westbrook trade or anything like that, you, you could find a partner in the Spurs who have the ability to absorb some salary. Same thing with the Indiana Pacers. But, you know, one of the things that I want to get into right now, let's assume, let, let's say nothing happens. You go into the season with this roster as it currently sits. You're starting five. You had to assume Russ is starting, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron is starting. AD is starting. Mm-hmm. How are we? How are we feeling? What's the temperature here on on who else is starting? Who are the other two guys that are being added into the starting lineup? I talked about this a little bit with Ron, but I don't know if I got your opinions on this on the other two guys that would start for the Lakers. Uh, I probably go Reeves, TB, Austin Reeves, Thomas Bryant. Yep, I agree with that. Reeves, Ron- and then one of the bigs. Okay, so why Austin Reeves? Why why HBK in the in the starting lineup over a guy like say a Lonnie Walker or or someone like that, which they just brought in as a free agent? Um, well, I I just like the continuity uh, angle with LeBron and AD. Um, I mean partially Russ too. I like the size at six five. I like the defensive chops he showed. I think he got better toward the end of his rookie season on that end. Um, and I think it's just really betting on the upside there. I, I think, you know, you could definitely make a case for Lonnie Walker, um, but I kind of envision him more as like the six-man spark plug scorer. Um, I thought about going to a smaller lineup with Anthony Davis in center and maybe Juan Toscano Anderson at four. Um, that's something I also considered. Uh, but I, I think, you know, given Darvin Ham's, uh, you know, resume coaching next to Bud and having two traditional bigs or two bigs in general there, I, I think I'm going to lean Thomas Bryant. So that, that's ultimately what it came down to for me. I agree with Matt. Um, the continuity, Reeves is also just a better player right now, I want to say. I think he's, he's a better all-around defender who slots in next to Russ. So you don't have two defensive liabilities in your backcourt. Um, I mean, as long as he's really improved from three like we think, uh, then honestly, I, I think you kind of have to go Reeves over Lonnie Walker. But also, again, I think Lonnie Walker would benefit a lot more from the role matches described being the microwavable scorer, spark plug off the bench. Um, and then, yeah, just one of the bigs, whoever wins that training camp battle. I know they were saying Thomas Brown would have the chance to, mm-hmm. to start. So right. put him in a training camp battle, 
And uh, whoever wins that, whether it's Damian Jones, your guy, Trev, or Thomas Bryant, who cares? <laughs> I do like the idea of JTA, but that'd probably be my closing lineup if this was my roster. I, I, think, I think Thomas so, Bryant makes makes sense with the spacing that he can provide. If, if that three-point shot does continue to, to show itself. And then Austin Reeves, I mean, just the ultimate glue guy that fits in with this starting five. We already saw him have success with LeBron last season. Like you guys said, continuity is important. And out of all the guys that I'm looking at, when I look at Stanley Johnson, Taylor Horton, Tucker, HBK, all, all these different players, we talked about the guys who probably need to get just a little bit better, just get up to league average from the three-point line. I think Austin's the guy I'm most confident is going to get there. Right, yeah, like like the other guard spot, right? You could just go through who's on the current roster right now. Like, who who's who are you most comfortable uh, starting next to Russ? Right? Uh, are you comfortable with Lonnie Walker? Are you comfortable with Troy Brown? Are you comfortable with Tht? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speak for all of us, but I, I'm personally not. I've seen Reeves and Russ at least a little bit last year, so I know that it could kind of work. So again, that's just kind of where I'm leaning. But this is all assuming Russ is starting an opening night. So uh, Joey C with a super chat said they need to start Reeves. They need a guard who can chase the other team's best guard, Curry, Dame, et cetera, and make them work. Then use LeBron as the point guard on offense. Uh, same setup as 2020 with LeBron and Avery Bradley. I don't think we've made that comparison before. Have we Austin mm -hmm. Reeves in an Avery Bradley esque role? I think Reeves can be a bit more of a secondary creator. Yep. But I, I do see some similarities there, and I don't think I've made that connection before. I think Reeves is a better passer for sure, which you just sure. kind of alluded to, than Avery Bradley. But no, that's a good comparison. I'm curious, rather, I guess is the right word, how you would do this with Russ on the roster, but you execute a Pacers trade, for example, Russ or Buddy Heald and Turner, then sure, I, I, li I like that idea. Yeah, I, I think you don't really compare Reeves to Avery Bradley, like player to player, just because Avery was more of like a get in your jersey type of physical defender. Re Reeves is more of like a positional guy, like a good uh, rotator and recovery guy. So, but I mean, him in that, in that role as kind of like your defense first guy, pick up 94 feet, knock down open shots when you get them. I mean, that makes sense. Um, Baba Mentality says Reeves is a great one-on-one -on -one defender. Go look up how he guarded Curry. He made him work. As I recall, Matt, were you on when we had Austin on for an interview and, and he talked about how Curry was like, he thought he was doing pretty well. And then he looked up and Curry had like 25 points or something like that. Uh, no, not that one. I was on the one after that was a, that was a, a previous interview where he had him on for, but he made it. I mean, it's Steph Curry. All you got to do is, you know, you make him work, you do what you can. I think he still defended him just about as well as, as anybody was going to. Yeah, box score won't tell the story. I mean, guys will drop 25-30 every night, but I mean, how how hard were the qual how hard was it to get that 25-30, you know? Right. Exactly. And then what was the effectiveness? That's also something that you have to look at in terms of the efficiency and and all of that. I think all of those things certainly uh certainly matter. Um all right. Let's get into a little bit of of what's going to happen here from from here on out. So we've got from here, we're mid-August. Now we're going to start getting ready for training camp, which is going to come up towards the end of September. We're going to have media day. which will also be end of the September, end of September. Then we're going to get into preseason. So we're starting to hit that point of the year where we're going to start to see more workout stuff from guys. We're going to start to see more talk about where guys are in terms of their, their progress that they've made in the offseason, things they've added to their game, 
their physical fitness. Everybody at this time of year is in the best shape of their lives, has put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle, and everything is great because it's the honeymoon period and every team is zero for zero. They have the exact same record. So with all of that being said, who are you most excited to find out about when we start? Because this is this stuff's going to start coming out and it's definitely going to come out big time when we get to media day. Who is it on this roster right now that you are most interested in hearing what they've worked on over the summer? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm most excited about Sean. Do you have one? Yeah, I was just about to say, I'll let you think. Stanley Johnson, that was the one. first one okay. that popped to mind. Um, because I think it's it's become the point where we're kind of underrating Stanley when we talk about lineups and players that can be the rotation. Every single time I feel like we're actually leaving Stanley out, where in terms of continuity, in terms of skill set, Stanley should be right up there in terms of hey, second unit or hell, even closing lineups potentially depending on again i think the biggest thing is if he's really worked on the three-point shot like he's said he has like there's been video of him working on that i mean in terms of fit with this current roster i think that's the biggest thing we're looking at the current roster in terms of fit he's a better fit than taylor horn tucker right now and i don't think that's too much of a hot take um and we saw stretches last season that first beginning stretch where he got signed to the team and in the last month and a half or so when a team had that four-game really nice streak offensively, uh, and then just the last month and a half in general where he looked like a quality NBA player, which sounds really condescending, but it's true. Um, so if Stanley – I didn't want to say Austin Reeves either because that felt like the cop-out answer. It felt too easy. But Stanley Johnson. I think the easy answer is Kendrick Nunn. I was going to say that's probably right. right? Okay, I, I, I mean, just, just to find out, is he, is he healthy? But – I, assuming Kendrick Nunn is is healthy, um, I it's it, he's a little bit of the the forgotten man. I'm really curious about what Wenyan Gabriel looks like. Sure, out there like it, it, he's got he's intriguing with just the skill set that does the three point shooting become a little bit more consistent. He's got the ability to be a little bit switchy defensively. I'm not saying he's be an every night player, but I think that so far in our conversations this off season. As much as, you know, and Stanley Johnson has probably been overlooked a little bit by fans. Wendy and Gabriel has too. And going back and going through some of the footage from last season, he had some really nice moments. And so I'm interested to see if he's added anything to his game, if there's any any new wrinkles that he can bring in. Because I think maybe we shouldn't be overlooking him entirely. Do you view him as more of a four or a five though? I see him as more of a five in small ball situations. Okay. That's, that's kind of how I envision that working out. And again, maybe that, that role may not exist on a team that has Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant and Anthony Davis. I think that's probably why he hasn't, he wasn't my answer. I just don't know where he fits in the rotation yeah. right now. I, I feel like he'd have to just um outright beat out TB and, and Damian Jones to get minutes mm-hmm. because I think any small ball lineup with the Lakers is going to have Anthony Davis at five. Um, 
So that's why I was wondering, because I, I think you can maybe carve out minutes for him at the four if you want to go a little bit bigger sure. and keep AD at center. But yeah, I mean, I, he, he's definitely an interesting like as a like your backup bench guy. Uh, I've got a oh, Joey C said, just to be clear, he's not comparing Reeves to Avery Bradley, just the setup with LeBron as kind of the de facto point guard on the offense. Oh, sure. Or even though Avery Bradley is the nominal point guard, uh, and this would be made extremely ideal if uh, if Westbrook wasn't there, right? Yeah, and that, that that's kind of how I was envisioning it as well. As if you had a lineup that Westbrook, whether he was traded or just wasn't in the the lineup or whatever, you could use them in that way. Uh, Eric Dane says, "Don't need a point guard. Play LeBron at the one." That piggybacks with that whole concept of LeBron can still handle the ball, although. Are you guys concerned at all about limiting how much you're asking LeBron to do that? I mean, they won a championship with him doing that, but that's now a few seasons ago. Should the Lakers be doing what they can to take the ball out of LeBron's hands a bit more often and not ask him to be the the primary creator on the offensive end? I am okay with him doing it as long as he doesn't need to carry the same scoring load he had to do last season. Yeah. That's how I would look at it. Also depends on do you have Kyrie Irving on your team or is your other guard in your backcourt buddy healed or is it still Russell Westbrook? I think that matters as well. Yeah. Oh, Alex F. Is it too late for Russ to become a Laker great? I must say yes. 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 And that's not here's the, there's two different things that we're talking about here. Is it too late for Russell Westbrook to have a good season next year? No. And I hope that's what happens. If he's still on the team, hopefully he does have a great season. Hopefully everything works out fantastic. But to be a Laker, great, that's such a high bar. When you look at the history of this team, when you put that qualifier on it, to be a Laker, great, there's no chance. There's not enough time. There's not enough time for him to do that. There just isn't in terms of if, if Russ was 23 instead of 33. Okay, maybe, right? Like then, then it's at least possible, but... He doesn't have enough time left in his basketball career to to do that, to become a Laker great. That doesn't mean that he couldn't potentially have a good season next year. And look, I hope that's the narrative that we get to tell next season. If you know, Russ is on the roster, I hope that they do find a way to make it work. I was just going to say the litmus test is LeBron for a Laker great, isn't it? Where do you guys have him? Exactly, see? Is he? Like, I mean, I personally think he is. Won a championship. How, like go 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 look at Laker history, and it's kind of topical since we're watching Legacy right now. Like how many Lakers greats, like how many players have led the Lakers to an actual championship? Mm-hmm. I mean, what you've got? Jerry Mag West, Magic, Kareem, Jerry West, Kobe, Shaq, Shaq, Kobe, Kobe, LeBron. Powell, LeBron. No, but I'm talking about like, oh, you know what? Like the question's even better is like, how many Finals MVPs are there? Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at, when you add all that up, you say, yeah, but I, I've seen a lot of Lakers fans who make the argument that LeBron's time in LA, they haven't, more often than not, they've they've been disappointed, right? Yeah. Didn't make the playoffs twice, got bounced in the first round, won a championship. Does the fact that they won that championship negate what happened in the other three seasons? I mean, championship's championship for me. Right? Yeah. And, and, uh, and, I'm and, with you. I'm with you. And every time we've talked about LeBron in a Lakers jersey, we've always had him in the MVP conversation. I think being in the top five, being a top five player in a Lakers uniform for three years going into four mm -hmm. with the possibility of another title at some point. I mean, 
I get I guess it really just depends, right? How many more years does he play? I think as of right now, you can definitely make the argument, but he leads the Lakers to, you know, a deep postseason run, hopefully a title, or just has another top five kind of MVP season. I think you have to seriously consider it at that point. LeBron wins the second title. What's that do? If anything. Oh, that's that's for sure a, a no brainer question to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alan says, fellas, drop it in to show love. Oh, thank you, Alan. Said, okay, so when do we pull the alarms and be concerned? Is it really possible for Russ to suit up for purple and gold this season? Yes. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Definitely possible. I don't think it would happen, but it's possible, unfortunately. I think if the if the Lakers have an opportunity to move him that, that makes sense, then I think they'll, they'll have to look at it, but I think it's possible. And, and here's the thing. If if you're put in that situation, you can say, well, you know what? We wanted to give Darvin Ham a chance. Dar Darvin's been saying that he's got all these plans for Russ and they're going to make it work and Russ is bought in and all this. I'm skeptical that it's going to work. I know a lot of Lakers fans are skeptical that it's going to work. I I'll believe it when I see it happen on the floor that everything's going to suddenly start clicking in terms of the floor spacing and the defense and, and all of that. But if the only thing that you have out there are bad deals, deals that would see you crippling your franchise moving forward in order to make that move. Isn't it worth it just to say, okay, Darvin, you know what? We're going to give you the shot here and let's find out. Sure. They're not going to fire him either if it goes wrong after one year because he offered him a four-year contract. So they have they have given Darvin their whole support. And um, I think that is something. I think that might be why it's taking a little bit too long. Because I think the Lakers, and credit to them, it's a good thing that's taking a little bit too long. But they're not, they don't need to be trigger happy. They don't need to be like, oh, crap, first deal that comes to us, we got to get something here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're playing the cards wisely, and it's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's something that they've, they've got to do. they got to be patient with things. And that's just, that's part of asset management, right? Because we know they don't have a ton of future assets that are available to trade. That means they've got to be a little bit extra careful in terms of the moves that they do or don't make. Got to make sure that whatever you do is something that's going to benefit your franchise. And part of that is a uh, is the reality of what happened with the team last summer in terms of the moves that they made then. That's left them in a spot where they don't really have enough tradable assets. And so that the assets they do have left are that much more rare and have to be, be valued um, as well. All right. I've got... I've got a lot of people, though, that are saying that let's talk about something positive here with this team. We've talked trade for a while. We've talked about whether or not Russell Westbrook can make things fit. Let's finish with this. What are you guys most excited about? I told you guys I'm fired up after seeing that 1985 championship on the uh, the Legacy show on Hulu. What are you most excited about for the new season to start up? Let's finish with that. Like Lakers specific? Yeah. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to a healthy Anthony Davis. I feel like we haven't been, we haven't seen him in two years. That's, that's probably what I'm looking for. And we've talked about it like all off season, right? Like if the Lakers are going to get anywhere, he's the key to it. So let's, let's see. I, I think this is, uh, I think Trevor's talked about it a little bit. It's kind of like a make or break year for Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. Is this the guy you can build your franchise around after LeBron? I think this season is the year for him to, to prove that. I'm going to go Darvin, seeing what Darvin Ham coaching looks like. Um, see if 
one for my own personal again if i'm right about some of the things i think he's gonna do but even if i'm wrong hey just see how his coaching style is what stuff they do and yeah i'm really excited to see how darby ham's gonna look yeah, I think that's that's something that, of course, we all want to see is what does Darvin Ham bring to this roster? How different do things look compared to Frank Vogel on both ends of the floor? I, and I'm curious to see that as well. I'm, I'm excited to see energy. I think that's what it, there were too many games last season where we went into the postgame show and we said, you know what, the team in general, not every player, but just in general, they didn't have that kind of energy that you were looking to see. And with how young this roster now is, you've got a number of guys who are in their mid-20s to go along with LeBron and AD and, and Russ. I want to see the energy shift. That's what I'm looking forward to on a night-to-night basis when you've got these younger guys, when you've got uh, you've got HBK, you've got Stanley Johnson, you've got, and then the new guys being brought in, Lonnie Walker, you've got uh, Troy Brown Jr., right? Even once Conor Anderson's only 29, Thomas Bryant has certainly got plenty of energy. I'm excited to see a team really play with that energy and that passion again. Sorry, I was giggling. I thought you were quoting Jalen Brown. The energy is going to shift. Oh, no, I I was not. Yeah, (laughs) I was. not. (laughs) Yeah. Future Laker. Uh, Last super chat here. Dario Bellinsuela said, guys, can we go back in time? Did Jamal Wilkes do enough to have his number retire? Gail Goodrich is my number one all time favorite player. Wilkes is my second favorite. Um. Did they do enough to have their numbers retired? I'd have to really go back and start diving into every single thing that that they did. But I mean, they're retired for a reason, and it's not easy to get your number to retired by the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that when we were talking about the LeBron thing. Like, I think, like, I think this is another discussion too for me for another podcast. But I'm pretty sure he gets his jersey retired, doesn't he? Yes. But I don't think he gets both jerseys retired like Kobe. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I don't think so either. So which one do you retire? Uh, The one that has the title in it. 23. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. 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 All right, everybody. Let's wrap things up there. Appreciate all of you for joining us tonight. Obviously, we are getting that much closer to the NBA season. Can't wait to have the Lakers back on the floor and playing basketball once again. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. And check out the Lakers Nation podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.